Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? I'm doing just great, Dano. What a, what a right. great day it is. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of uh, uh-huh. news. I've got some audio cuts. Lanny Davis backtracking, making a big U-turn, hitting the emergency brake, um, doing a big J-turn on this one. <laughs> And, of course, the media will largely downplay this event in order to talk about uh, phantom FEC violations that everybody and their mother are starting to question now. Yep. Uh, this Because this, they, they're just so uh, lost in the anti-Trump quagmire that the media has lost any semblance of credibility at all. Yep. Um, it's just unbelievable. It really is. That, that You have to listen. If you want the truth, listen to this show. Because I picked through the cornucopia of stupidity every day and pluck out what you need to know so you have the real facts to analyze what's going on it's just bizarre oh man frustrating every day you just think just once a blind squirrel would catch a nut right not with the media's case they can't get this thing wrong often enough all right, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Skillshare. I love Skillshare. My daughter's using it for French. My wife uses it for uh, assistance in developing websites. If you're looking to do a podcast, Skillshare is your place to go. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 20,000 classes in business, design, technology, and more. To get access to that in the education system costs you hundreds of thousands of dollars. You can take classes in social media marketing, data science, mobile photography, creative writing. You name it, they've got it. Like I said, my daughter's into the French classes. They're great. So whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start a side hustle, or just explore a new passion, Skillshare is there to help you uh, learn and thrive, to keep you learning and thriving. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Check this out. You're not going to regret it. This is a really great place. It's a really highly professionally produced educational products that are invaluable towards enhancing your life. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right. That's right. Skillshare is offering the Dan Bongino Show listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare. Dot com slash Bongino. Again, Skillshare.com slash Bongino to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash Bongino. Go check it out. Really terrific. Glad to have him on board. Okay. Uh, listen, story number one. Lanny Davis is possibly the dumbest lawyer on the planet. Um, Michael Cohen may be the second. I mean, these guys are unbelievable. <laughs> Lanny Davis, in case you missed the story, Joe, um, is, uh, you know, some... Sometimes some viewers missed it. They've been out on vacation. Lanny Davis is the former Clintonista, the Clinton acolyte, the Clinton bootlicker, um, who is, you've probably seen him. He does a lot of cable news hits. He's a big publicity seeker. He is the former Clinton lawyer who bizarrely is now in some fashion representing Michael Cohen, who was Donald Trump's lawyer, a personal lawyer, in Michael Cohen's plea deal now against Donald Trump. In the plea deal, he pleads guilty to a crime that's not a crime. Um, Joe, have you ever heard of such a thing in your life? Pleading uh, no, guilty I to a crime? <laughs> yeah, me, me either. <laughs> Joe, Joe should plead guilty to Filoni. Joe, you should walk into court just for the sake of advertising on the podcast. Walk into Anne Arundel County Court tomorrow. You live in Anne Arundel County, Joe. Yes, I do. And go plead guilty to felonious mopery. We can use it on the show. <laughs> Bongino producer pleads guilty to crime that doesn't actually exist. (laughs) 
Michael Cohen pled guilty to a campaign FEC violation that is not, in fact, a crime. I explained it yesterday on the show if you want more details about how the Trump payments to Stormy Daniels, however untoward and unseemly they may be, the Trump organization's payments are not a crime. Matter of fact, they're not even a civil violation. You may not like them. They may not be great. I think we can all agree, but they are not, in fact, a crime. So the question has come up, and I have some answers for you today, about why these guys, two lawyers who you think would have some legal skills. Oh, I'm not a lawyer. You are not either, right? No. Would you plead guilty to a crime you did not, one, you didn't commit, and it isn't even a crime? Oh, hell no. Okay, great. Either would I. No. So I've been wondering all night why these two lawyers, supposed lawyers here, I mean, these guys are supposed to have legal skills. They pass the bar. They have law degrees. How would you, why would they do this? Well, now it's starting to make sense. But before we do that, Joe, do you have the cut ready of that Davis with the pardon? I guess I do. All okay, set. so let me just explain to you two prongs first about on the on the thirty thousand foot theory here that Lanny Davis may be the worst lawyer on the planet right now. Lanny Davis number one gets his client to plea in a plea deal mm-hmm. to a non crime, which I, I written by the way by the prosecutor. The prosecutor writes it up, and Cohen's like, yes, yes, these payments, these payments. Uh, we admit we, uh, you know, I was he Donald Trump told me to do it, and he pleads to a crime that doesn't exist. The payments were not a crime. Number one, number two, Lanny Davis says this about a potential pardon by Donald Trump, which may be, by the way, Joe, the single worst piece of legal advice. Or legal cooperation I have ever seen in U.S. history. Not only is he not hoping for, he would not accept a pardon. He considers a pardon from somebody who has acted so corruptly as president uh, to be something he would never accept. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh. This guy's a lawyer? I'll tell you what, if you were a doctor and you gave similar type advice and said, my client absolutely refuses to take this life-saving medication on principle alone because he objects to the politics of modern pharmaceutical enterprises, you would be like, okay, this is the dumbest doctor on the planet, right? Gotta be. You now have a lawyer supposedly protecting the legal interests of another lawyer client who is now on TV publicly in front of millions of people suggesting that he's offered a legal pardon by Donald Trump that they're not going to take it. And the lawyer's like, yeah, we're not going to take it. (laughs) We're not going to take it. No, we need D. Snyder in here now. D. Snyder from Twisted Sister would have given Michael Cohen better legal advice. D. 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 Get in here. Get this guy out of there. I, you can listen. Anybody can represent someone in court. I don't think you have to have passed the bar, right? D. Snyder should get in court and start singing the Twisted Sister song. It would be better legal advice than Lanny Davis has given Michael Cohen, who, by the way, I don't absolve of any guilt in this either. What is this guy doing? I was on Ingram last night on Fox at the 10 o'clock. Jason Chaffetz was filling in, arguing with Richard Goodstein, who, you know, is a good-hearted fellow, although he has the worst uh, ideas I've ever seen. I'm always, you know, it's not personal. He's a nice guy. He just has the wrong ideas, you know. Um, But I was arguing with him last night, and I made this point that, Lanny, these may be the two dopiest lawyers I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Guys, D. Snyder would get better if I, if you asked, does anyone know D. Snyder? Someone go and ask D. Snyder from Twisted Sister, right? Go and ask him two questions. 
Don't tell him about the podcast. Just say, hey, D, if you're a friend of his, I mean, obviously, if you're not, it'd be a weird conversation. If you're a friend of his, go, D, just, I'm going to ask you two questions. I know they may be random, but I just want your answer. D, would you ever plead guilty to a crime that wasn't a crime? Yes or no? Do me a favor. Email me back the answer if D actually responds. I guarantee you he will say, no, I wouldn't. D, question number two. If you plea to a crime that didn't happen and the president of the United States wants to pardon you, absolving you of the legal consequences of a crime that didn't happen that you pled to, would you or would you not accept the pardon? <laughs> I can guarantee you D would say, yes, I would accept the pardon. Would someone please get D Snyder into Michael Cohen camp? Oh, man. Oh, my I, gosh. Would you ridiculous. not like... See, now we're all right. I was a little fired up this morning. Joe's, Joe's having serious technical issues. Holy. I need to get flowing sometimes. The D. Snyder thing helped me out a little bit. Yeah, there you Gosh, go. Gosh, you know Twisted Sister, right? Yeah. Get him in here. I'm going to turn this down a little bit, a little hot, this show. I'll fix it but, up. Uh, yeah, no, it's all right. Leave it in there. Yeah, it's, but I just turned it down. But thank you. Joe, see, producer Joe to the rescue. Okay, here's some possible explanations here. Lanny Davis is an, is as as Clintonista as a Clintonista gets. This guy next to the Podestas is as knee deep in the Clinton swamp as any human being on the planet. Amen. Why brother. this guy is representing Cohen is a mystery to a lot of people. I don't know. I can't get in Lanny Davis or Cohen's head. I can only speculate. But I do owe you some kind of an explanation clear that this is speculation on my part because unlike the media that tries to do the Karnak on uh, Donald Trump and pretends to read his mind all the time, I, I can't read Michael Cohen or Lanny Davis's mind. I can tell you things I know and speculate from there. Here's what I know. Lanny Davis has acted in the past as a representative of a Ukrainian oligarch, a guy by the name of Dimitro Prytash, who is deeply connected to Putin. Mm -hmm. So Lanny Davis, let's be clear, has his own foreign entanglements. I am not suggesting what he did is illegal at all, because it's not. He registered on behalf of a foreign agent. I'm simply telling you that these are conflicts in a case investigating what? Russian collusion. Davis has his own entanglements with Russians. Not illegal, but unquestionably some kind of a conflict here, at least ethically. If not, maybe legally. Now, why would he hire Davis? I don't know. Maybe Cohen figures he can curry favor with the liberal left by hiring a Clinton lawyer. And by the liberal left, I mean what, Joe? The media. Maybe Cohen figures he needs to win this case in the court in the, in the, uh, in the court of public opinion, Joe. He needs to look like a white knight to the anti-Trump and liberal right, media crowd. Right, right, right. So what, I mean, think about it, right, yeah, Joe? You're... Yeah. You're, a, you're, you're associated deeply with Trump, like Cohen. I mean, he was his personal lawyer. Mm-hmm. You know the media hates Trump and it's not going to be logical or rational in this case. Right. You know the anti-Trump crowd hates Trump. You know the never-Trump crowd hates Trump. You know Democrats up on the Hill hate Trump. Someone says, hey, you know what? I think we should hire a Democrat lawyer. Oh, let's go get Lanny Davis. Maybe the liberal media will start to see us as a, um, uh, you know, a, 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 a turncoat on the Trump team. And then all of a sudden, they'll get in our corner too and back us up. That's the only reason I could see hiring this guy. Everybody hates Donald. Everybody. So maybe they hire someone they know hates Donald Trump as much yeah. in the form of Lanny Davis um, or his at least Lanny Davis's orbit, if not Davis himself. Now, a couple other things on what happened yesterday. 
So there's a, and by the way, forgive me. Yesterday I kept talking about a lawn crime piece. If you're listening uh, in reverse or whatever, it's it's actually an Epic Times piece yesterday. Uh, so I, forgive me, I, I said that wrong. But today it is a lawn crime piece. There's a really good lawn crime piece about some possible motives for Michael Cohen playing to a deal. So D. Snyder, we may have an answer for you here. Playing to a crime that didn't happen. Um, it's a pretty good piece. Super short, very sweet, but gets right to the point. And that is obviously not a right leaning blog but they have some good information often this guy mitchell always sends me stuff from there by the way (laughs) i I read the emails folks i just uh, i can't respond to all of them sorry we get the audience has grown so much it's gotten impossible but i do read your stuff so that's why i keep that channel open um one of the reasons and again it's speculation but based on prior experience is that cohen's wife may have been targeted joe as well now we've seen this before We've seen this in the Flynn case where there were right. credible allegations against Lieutenant General Mike Flynn right. that the reason Flynn may have taken a plea deal on the false statements charge, even though it's pretty well recognized even by the FBI themselves that Flynn was not lying to the FBI. So the liberals go, oh, but he took a plea. Well, when you, when you, when you look at it in the context of the fact that Flynn's son was being targeted too, it makes a lot of sense. Listen. Well, let me just get to the common things. I'm going to give you some personal experience here. Things you're not going to get anywhere else because I actually did this kind of stuff. I know how this works. All right. If you're telling a, a Cohen, who, oh, by the way, I didn't mention this part. Cohen's wife, uh, I forget, I think it's Laura, but Cohen's wife, Joe, in the tax charges, the, the tax avoidance, excuse me, evasion charges mm-hmm. that he was facing, Cohen's wife had signed, according to this uh, law and crime piece, some of the documents herself. So the theory is that given that she may have had some implication based on the fact that she signed some of these uh, these tax documents, mm-hmm. that she may have had some involvement. That's what led to the speculation in the piece that maybe they said to Cohen, hey, daddy, yo, you better plead guilty to this or you're going to go after you. We're going to go after your wife, too. Now, again, we've seen this before in other cases, like I said, the Flynn case where they go after a family member. Now, I'm telling you, in my experience, this stuff happens. It's not illegal, folks. I'm not suggesting it's illegal. Um, Is it immoral? I don't know. That's up to you to decide. Is it immoral in this case? I'm not sure. But I've had cases I worked in the past. I remember one specifically where the daughter to the main defendant in the case was intimately involved. She had been involved in some some unquestionably illegal uh, financial transactions, and when we brought that up to the client in the ca- to the defendant in the case, he all of a sudden got real eager to cooperate. Um, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, don't get involved in a criminal enterprise and involve your family too if you don't want your family involved. Now, what's bothersome about the Flynn case is there was no criminal enterprise. The FBI themselves acknowledged Mike Flynn was not deceptive in their interview. So that's why I say, is it immoral then to threaten his kid? Like some places have alleged that they say, oh, your kid, we're going to go after your kid too. I'd say so. In this case, it appears Cohen's wife may have signed some of these documents too. So the theory is that he pled, number one, to a crime that's not a crime in order to get his wife off the hook. So read it. Uh, Like I said, I'm not here to make Cohen look good or bad. I'm just here to give you the facts. And I'm telling you that this was a really dumb decision if that's the case. And I think it was done and Davis agreed to it. The only reason it seems to be is to rope Trump in. Because, Joe, 
the other tax evasion charges that Cohen pled guilty to have absolutely zero, nothing to do with Donald Trump. Right, right. Davis is a Clintonista. It's obvious the prosecution now in the Southern District of New York, a very, very liberal outfit that was referred the case by Mueller, wants to rope Trump in. How do you rope Trump into a tax evasion charge about Michael Cohen's personal business? Oh, you say that he was directed to violate campaign laws, even when he, even when it's not a violation of campaign law. You see where I'm going with this show? This is a fish hook. I sure do. Yeah, It's a fish hook to rope in Donald Trump. We're going to throw a Trump charge in there about a campaign violation, but it's not a violation. You're going to plead to it anyway. We're going to go after your wife. Is that what happened? Well, there's some evidence of that. Again, it's not illegal to do that. But to get him to plead to a crime that wasn't in fact a crime is 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 candidly very bizarre. Now, there's some other breaking news on on the Lanny Davis Cohen case. This thing gets stranger, ladies and gentlemen, by the day. Here's why I'm having a really difficult time understanding why he hired Lanny Davis. Because on one hand, Davis seems eager through the plea deal, Joe, to rope Donald Trump in, fish hook him in into this case to make Donald Trump look bad. Mm-hmm. And Davis has said some things on the news that are questionable, especially about the information Cohen has. So, a couple of days ago, and even up to yesterday, everybody was under the impression that Cohen was cooperating because he was looking to take down Trump now. Davis was involved in this takedown of Trump as his lawyer. Cohen had all this damaging information, which was being in, uh, hinted at by Lanny Cohen. He has information about the hacking. He has information about the Trump Tower meeting. He has all this information. For, but yesterday, Lanny Davis... Slam on the emergency brake. Jay turn. Quarter turn of the wheel. Slam on the emergency brake. Turn around. Go in the other direction. Do a do a do a do a bootleg. No, the bootleg is actually where you go in the. The J turn is where you go in reverse in the set. You go from reverse to forward in the same direction. So they do the. I remember this from Secret Service Trading School. That was the coolest thing ever, by the way. The the bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> going like 80. We had the Camaros at the time. Oh! You do a little quarter turn of the wheel, slam on the emergency brake. Eee! Wheels come around. It's incredible. So Lanny Davis makes a big U-turn on these public statements. Let's be clear what I'm saying here. Point number one, the takeaway. That these are that these are the dopiest legal decisions I've ever seen in my life. Plea into a crime that doesn't happen. Point number two, why would he plead with a deal? Maybe because his wife was being threatened. Point number three, Davis all of a sudden is now starting to backtrack on some of these allegations that Cohen has all this devastating information. You have that cut ready? Here's Lanny Davis. Now all of a sudden clearing up some misperceptions about the information Cohen has, especially about one key component of the dossier. I do want to ask you about the Steele dossier, because in that, your client has mentioned that he met with Russians in Prague in the summer of 2016. Uh, that's not correct. So nope. he didn't, did he go to Prague in the summer of 2016? Uh, n- number one, he never went to Prague. Number never one, went to Prague. Number two, he never mentioned. Number three, there is a public document on the website of McDermott okay. Will and Emery that denies Gotta ask you. 13 yeah. references to Mr. Cohen are false in the dossier, but he's never been to Prague in his life. And with regard- and by the way, the number of times that falsehood has been repeated, I'm not accusing you, is the classic example that if you mention something a million times and you get Google hits and they're all false, it's zero, zero. Wow. You know, big hat tip to Chuck Ross at the Daily Caller, who has been doing 
Just tremendous work on this. If you go to his Twitter feed, I, I don't know what his Twitter, I think it's at Chuck Ross DC. Just put Chuck Ross in there. Uh, you'll find him. He's a, looks like a redheaded guy. I don't know. I never met him, but you'll see his avatar. This guy's Twitter feed, along with Jeff Carlson, um, along with Lee Smith and others, is just a gold. My Paul Sperry, who I'll get to in a minute about the Clinton emails. Oh, Joe, do I got some sweetheart stuff on that stuff. All right. On the Clinton email stuff by Paul Sperry. These guys are a wealth of information. You know, when I hear stuff, by the way, from sources, I'm serious. Sometimes I'll go to their Twitter feeds to see if they're hearing the same thing. And then I'll find new stuff I never heard at all. These guys are great. Chuck Ross has been all over this. Folks, understand how profound what was said yesterday is. I'm done using the bombshell thing. Because everything's a bombshell. Bombshell. Now, bombshell's lost its meaning because the media doesn't care about any of it. Candidly, either there's a Justice Department, it seems, anymore. But understand what Davis, a Clinton acolyte, a bootlicker for the Clintons, who's representing a guy who is now committed to taking down Donald Trump, Michael Cohen, who has claimed for days, if not weeks now, through his legal intermediaries that they have damaging information on Trump, has just put out a nuclear bomb that, by the way, the dossier allegations that Michael Cohen traveled to Prague in the Czech Republic, to be the intermediary in a Russian collusion deal with the Trump team is false. He just said it. Hit the 15-second rewind button a couple times and listen again. His own lawyer, who notably cannot stand Trump, is a Clintonista, and Cohen, who is now committed to trying to take down Trump, has just admitted that the stories of Michael Cohen going to Prague to act as the key intermediary in the deal between the Russians and Trump to overthrow the election is false, fake, fake news. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a key tenet, a core on which the entire dossier has been built on. That the Russians colluded with Trump and that Cohen, the lawyer, was the intermediary. Their own anti-Trump lawyer and Cohen himself who's 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 trying to take down it seems the Trump team at this point is now admitting in the media is now admitting that it's false that the the, the central component of the dossier is where was the mainstream media on this where was the mainstream media covering this major breaking story that the document used to spy on the Trump team, let's keep it simple. The document used to spy on the Trump team, the dossier, a key tenet of it was that they were spying on the Trump team because they were colluding. And the big colluder was Michael Cohen, who traveled to Prague to meet with Russians. His own Clinton lawyer just said yesterday, not true. This is categorically false. Now, there's another angle to this. And a hat tip to the Daily Caller. What was it? Was it Peter over there? Peter and Chuck Ross. I'm not sure. I think it was Peter Hassan and Chuck Ross. I'm not sure. But I know Chuck Ross was involved in it. But I saw this story too. They have been, Is this another one of those fake news stories that are Likarooskis? The Dipsy Doo Likaroo. Back again. What am I talking about? Folks. Regular listeners know that for the last few months, I've been talking about a concerted effort 
by people, I believe, within the Justice Department to out leakers. Now, if you read the Hill story from last November, there is a Justice Department. This is not speculation on my part. It's the Hill, not a right-leaning outfit. Jeff Sessions has already publicly announced an ongoing investigation to investigate over 20 potential felony leaks of information to the media. This is an ongoing operation. The story is not new. It dates back to November. We're now in what, August? I've told you all that I think a concerted effort to do that have been coordinated leaks of misinformation to see how the misinformation gets out. I use the Miami Vice story all the time from the movie where they leak the wrong date to three or four different outlets, giving a different date to each one to find out where the mole is. You get it? If I say to Joe, the deal's going to go down on August 2nd. If I say to Tommy, it's going to go down on August 5th. If I say to Bobby, it's going to go down on August 9th. And a leak gets to the media about August 9th, then who's the leak? Tommy! Oh. This is a concerted effort. The fake news stories that have made it into the media, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tie this to this dossier story in Prague in a second, It's gonna, but I got to give you a little background. Mm-hmm. The fake news stories have been endless. The Don Trump Jr. WikiLeaks story. Don Trump Jr. got a secret key to WikiLeaks about information. What information? The information was already available on the internet. Why? The leak had the wrong date. They were like, he got the information on this date. No, he got the information days later after it had already become public, and he never responded to it. I get emails all the time. He never responded. How do you know he even read it? I believe the date was wrong for a reason. The media reported that. Don Jr., WikiLeaks. Remember the classic, Joe. The classic uh, Joy Behar view moment when she's reading on the air. Mike Flynn was ordered when Donald Trump was a candidate to reach out to the Russians. Joy Behar's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was ready to have <laughs> D. Snyder come on the set and start singing for her. Right? She left just like that. That's right. That left. You got that down. She was so stoked, Joy Behar. She thought she had him nailed. What was the problem with the story? The story was right. Mike Flynn was asked to reach out to the Russians. Uh-huh. Along with everybody else, after Trump was the uh, was the president-elect, not when he was a candidate. In other words, he was doing his job. The All story right. was an enormous embarrassment. Brian Ross from ABC was fired because of it. Joy Behar was, was humiliated again. Well, you know, that's not hard to do. But Joy Behar was humiliated. I believe, again, it was another intentional leak where the story was right to be believable, so the media would report it, Mike Flynn reached out to the Russians. But one key detail was wrong. While Trump was a candidate, it was not the story. It was after he was the president-elect, which makes the story a big, fat nothing burger. There were other examples, too. The Deutsche Bank story. I was actually on the set and outnumbered when that broke. Deutsche Bank's been subpoenaed for Donald Trump's records. Not true. It was other. It was nothing to do with Donald Trump personally. It was, a, it was just another nonsense story. Why do I bring that up? Because two fake news champions, this guy Peter Stone and his partner, in April, Joe, for McClatchy, wrote this story. Two sources familiar with the government have reported that Michael Cohen was in Prague. 
And he slipped into Prague through Germany in the Schengen zone. And that's why nobody knows about Michael pra- Michael Cohen's trip to Prague. And that's why there's no stamp on his passport. And everybody in April, Joe. Mm-hmm. Wow, I just took off my head cans for a minute. My headset. Mm-hmm. And it's like doing the show without a headset on. Did you see me do that? Scratch my head? Yeah. <laughs> and I hear in my own voice, because I can't hear it with the headset on. It was like weird. It threw me off. So these two reporters in April for McClatchy Report, breaking, breaking news. Peter Stone and his buddy there. Two sources are saying uh, Cohen was in Prague. Ladies and gentlemen, this was a devastating story in April. The news cycle, unfortunately, is so fast now, Joe, that stories like that. Yeah, man are already lost. Like you, uh, some yeah. of you, the you know, some of the listeners who are really into this may remember that. I tweeted about it, uh, you know, often that day. But to their credit, Chuck Ross and, uh, and, and Peter over at the Daily Caller were all over it saying, hey, everybody step back and take a breather on this story for a minute. Something doesn't smell right here. Nobody else is confirming it. No other media outlets reporting on it. It just doesn't make sense. I retweeted their oral story today now, uh, questioning that. Now, why was that April story going to be such a bombshell for Cohen? Because, Joe, it would have proved that at a minimum, portions of the dossier were confirmed. Portions. Mm-hmm. What portion of the dossier? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the one that said Cohen was in Prague. Now, it wouldn't have proved necessarily that he was there for nefarious reasons, but it would have shown... That Michael Cohen, who swears he was never in Prague and obviously still swears he was never in Prague, you just heard the soundbite with his lawyer saying it, would have proved what? Would have proved that Cohen was lying. And folks, that would have been a big deal. Would have been a very big deal. The story now looks like fake news again and looks like another fake leak from, quote, two sources familiar. Now, why do I say these Peter Stone guy? Because if you uh, if you read my Twitter feed today, I have a piece up at the Daily Caller from uh, uh, Peter Son and uh, Chuck Ross, where they dig into the history of fake news reporting by these two guys at McClatchy who reported, Cohen was in Prague, according to two sources. These were the guys responsible for the story about Breitbart. Breitbart may have been working with Russian bots. You know, one's, uh, that, by the way, story is not confirmed, um, as, as is almost uh, assuredly fake news now. And then they were also the ones that reported on the uh, you know disclosure. I work for NRA TV, not the NRA, but I should say that out the, out in advance. They were the ones who also reported on the story about the NRA. The NRA was taking money, and and an NRA lawyer uh, from the Russians, by the way, and an NRA NRA lawyer was concerned about this money from the Russians. Fake news, fake news. Cleta Mitchell, the lawyer's like completely false, not true, not true. So these guys have a history of fake news. So I'm just saying that yesterday's revelation that the anti-Trump lawyer for Cohen and Cohen himself are now conclusively standing by their story in no uncertain terms that Cohen was not in Prague is devastating. Do not let this go. Don't let it go over your head. It's devastating, Joe, because it shows again that almost nothing about the dossier outside of Carter Page traveling to Russia, which everybody knew about, nothing in that document is true, and it was used to spy on an innocent American citizen. Where's the story in the mainstream media? Why isn't it all over the place? I have no idea. My guess is because they've simply lost their minds. 
All right, I got one other angle on this. I want to move on to another story. Uh, but we got to pay for the show. We love our sponsors. Hey, Truth Finder, did you ever meet someone for the first time? You have a bad feeling about them? Happens to me all the time. My antenna go up often. Um, it could be a look or just something they said. There's a way you can find out if your gut instinct is right and correct. Using the same research tools private investigators use. Government, public records. But these are hard to sift through, folks, unless you're really skilled at this. Believe me, I did this for a living as an investigator. It's tough. Now you can go to one spot. Truthfinder. Truthfinder provides access to background reports for almost everybody in the country. I did myself on this and was actually shocked at what was out there. I don't mean bad stuff. I just mean the volume of information. Uh, public record information like criminal records, past addresses, contact information, birthdays, and a whole lot more. Go check it out. Protect yourself and your family by finding out if someone has a few dangerous felonies on their record. Yeah, I mean, this is interesting stuff. You're going to need to know that if these people are around you and your family. Look up the addresses of an old friend or find out if someone is lying about their age. Military veterans even use Truthfinder to get in touch with people they've served with. I really love this site. My listeners can now get 15% off when you visit truthfinder.com slash Bongino. That's truthfinder.com slash Bongino and become a member today. You'll get unlimited background checks. And as a bonus, you'll get access to Truthfinder's dark web monitoring. Protect yourself against identity theft. Just go to truthfinder.com slash Bongino for 15% off and enter a name to pull your first report. That's truthfinder.com slash Bongino. Really easy to use, folks, and definitely worth your time. Truthfinder.com slash Bongino. You okay? You're like moving Yeah, I'm all just around. looking for some stuff, um, you know, technical stuff around the office here. Yeah, Armacost. He looks like he's like trying to itch his athlete's foot or something like that. So <laughs> no, I like, do that before we started. Yeah, yeah. Did you? I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, what does he do? You don't actually have athlete's foot, but it was funny. You're like, yeah, I see him. He's like bopping around. I'm like, what is he doing over there? It's weirded me out a little bit. All right, one final note on this uh, Lanny Davis, Michael Cohen story, showing you, by the way, again that this guy's got nothing. They took a plea to a crime that didn't happen. I think they took the plea because it may have been some some pressure put on Cohen's wife. The major bombshell yesterday was not even that they took the plea. It was that Cohen is now entirely debunking, despite his commitment to hurting Donald Trump at this point. Cohen is now entirely debunking the dossier, the dossier used to target the Trump team, and the media's left that alone. They've almost completely left it alone. One last point. Cohen had seemed to intimate and hint that to the audience who was he was trying to play to, which I think is the anti-Trump audience because he's trying to win public favor, get some donations to his website, which I'm not going to mention. So there were some hints, Joe, that Cohen's got information on the Trump Tower meeting. Remember the Trump Tower meeting? Yeah, Don yeah. Trump Jr. takes the meeting with Akhmetchin and Veselnitskaya, who, by the way, are both connected to Fusion GPS hired by Hillary. Yeah. The Trump Tower meeting. Oh, this has been the source of every Democrat narrative from day one. It's that they colluded. It's that they tried to collude, even though no information was exchanged at the meeting, which is absolutely bizarre. But this Trump Tower meeting is the key to the Democrats' entire case. They love this thing. They can't stop talking about it. Cohen was like, hey, we, Mar Davis said, you know, we may have some information hinting that they were going to blow the roof off this Trump Tower meeting that, that Donald Trump Sr. knew about it, that this collusion meeting with the Russians, Trump Sr. knew about it. Uh, again, Joe, emergency break, <coughs> turning around, heading <laughs> back it up. It reminds me of this friend. I have this friend, right? <laughs> I, this cop friend of mine is a great guy. One time they go to a restaurant, a restaurant with my brother in Cold Spring Harbor. 
and he orders a steak and they send out what he thinks are two steaks. So he looks at it and he goes, hey, uh, he, he says to my brother, hey, Joe, you want to take one of these steaks? So my brother's like, hell yeah, I'll take one of the steaks. So he takes one of them. He starts eating. My buddy goes, eh, eh, time out. Back it up. Back it up. Turned out the other thing wasn't a steak. It was like a potato that it looked like a steak or something. So he's like, back it up. Back it up. Before my brother even got to sink into that. It's a true story, by the way. My friend listens to the show. He'll laugh about it. That actually, back it up. Back it up. So all of a sudden, Lanny Davis is backing it up too. Just a day ago, we were going to find out from Cohen all this information about the Trump Tower. Trump Tower, Don Trump knew. Don Trump Sr. knew. This was a big collusion thing. Ah, uh, not so much, Joe. Another report from the Daily Caller in the show notes today. Getting mega shout outs in my show notes. Please read them. They're really, really good. I put a lot of work into them. Available at Bongino.com. And if you don't mind, subscribe to the email list. We'll email them right to your inbox. <laughs> Davis, this is from the Daily Caller, I think. Davis was asked about the Trump Tower report because of a statement issued on Tuesday by North Carolina GOP Senator Richard Burr, no big Trump fan, by the way, and Virginia Democratic Senator Mark Warner. Uh, to call him an anti-Trumper is probably understatement of the year. The leaders of the Senate Committee on Intelligence. The senators said in the statement that Cohen told the committee, Joe, in October of 2017. Oh, what did he say? that he was not aware of the Trump Tower meeting until it was reported in July of 2017. Oh, so under oath, you said in a Senate meeting, Michael Cohen, in contrast to what you've been hinting at in public recently in your efforts to take down Trump, you said that Trump didn't know about it and that you were not aware of it either. Wow. Burr and Warner said Cohen's legal team confirm that the testimony was accurate all of a sudden big u-turn why now they're like oh okay now you're saying you know about the trump meeting you didn't tell us that under oath why don't you come back in let's see if we have one of these perjury lying to congress charges for you now now they're changing their story now davis is saying no no not only did cohen not go to prague because he said that before, too. But now our statements about Trump not knowing, not knowing about the Trump Tower meeting are, in fact, correct. You see where I'm going with this, folks? Yeah. The Davis thing and the Cohen thing is a big nothing burger. The media is trying to paint this out like this is the big John Dean moment, that they've got this guy who's going to rat out the entire Trump team. Do you understand there is no there there? Please listen to me. There is nothing there. Stop worrying so much. This is a concerted effort by the Mueller team to take down the Trump team, and they will continue to target Trump people. It will be an endless witch hunt. But regards to Trump specifically, take it to the bank, cash this check, and spend the money. Donald Trump has no legal liability in this at all. I am telling you, there is no there there on the collusion thing. Every single angle they have taken in this thing has absolutely fallen apart. There is nothing there. They are spinning their wheels. They are making martyrs out of people left and right. And they are ultimately going to lose because you cannot go back to the future like Michael J. Fox and back into the past and sing Johnny Be Good on stage and reinvent rock and roll there was no crime you cannot go back into the past and invent a crime that did not happen there is nothing there trump knew about the trump tower meeting Ah, uh, i take that back no he didn't we were just kidding whoopsies Whoops, whoopsie my bad yeah. <laughs> nelson months <laughs> nelson 
Nelson Muntz moment. Bart falls out of the tree and breaks his arm after Nelson. And Nelson goes, but I said it here. Like it's supposed to go away. <laughs> the Prague story. No, that's not true either. Is anything true? The Mueller case is an abomination. They have nothing. By the way, I have a really good piece um, from Epic Times again uh, up in the show notes today, just with regards to that Trump Tower meeting. Um, I'll just keep it short, but Renat Akhmetshin, who was a former uh, Russian intelligence-associated individual um, who showed up at that meeting with Veselnitskaya, the lawyer mm-hmm. working for Fusion GPS, is a, que- a key question asked by uh, this guy Brian, who writes at the Epic Times that I have in the show notes today. The key question he asks is, why is nobody talking about the fact that Akhmetshin was unquestionably tied to Fusion GPS? Now, this is a big, I, I know it seems elementary to you regular listeners. But if the key tenet of the Trump Tower meeting, is the Trump Tower meeting was an effort at collusion but the people who showed up were not working for the Russians, but working for people working for Hillary. The only collusion could have been by the Hillary team with the Russians. Joe, does that make sense? Yeah. Now, the reason this guy Brian writes about this in Epic Times, and I'd like you to read the piece, is he goes back to a Bruce Orr, a keynote Bruce Orr took in his conversations with Glenn Simpson. Glenn Simpson managing the Fusion GPS operation here. Simpson apparently told him that much, much, of, much of the collection about Trump uh, the Trump campaign ties to uh, uh, ties to Russia. Excuse me. Much of the collection about the Trump campaign ties to Russia comes from a former Russian intelligence officer. That's what Simpson told Bruce Orr in the Justice Department. This is the guy managing the anti-Trump operation for Hillary. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, how many Russian intelligence officers are there in the United States or former's? Is he talking about Akhmetshin? Do you understand how devastating this is to the entire case then? That the guy, Joe, who showed up at the meeting with Don Jr. was a Russian, a former Russian intelligence officer working for a company hired by Hillary? (laughs) The collusion then is between Hillary and the Russians, not the other way around. That's the key takeaway from this. That's why this Trump Tower meeting is so devastating to the Hillary team, not to Don Trump Jr., Don Jr.'s already released all the information he has about this. Important piece, though. Read it. All right. On the Hillary stuff, I'm going to get to that in a second. This is uh, this is key, too. All right. Before we get to that, the Quipsters. We love Quip. Like a power washing for your mouth. You can't, Of course, if you power wash your mouth, you probably lose your face. But Quip has solved that problem. You don't want to take a power washer to your mouth, but you do want to take a Quip toothbrush because your mouth will never feel better. I heard the Quip commercial by one of the managers on uh, the owners on on, on uh, Sirius, and he mentions the word this pristine clean, and I, I think he's right because that's how it feels. When it comes to your health, brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of your day. Quip knows that. They've combined dentistry and design to make a better electric toothbrush. Quip is the new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of bulkier traditional electric toothbrushes. And guiding pulses alert you when to switch sides, making brushing the right amount of time effortless. uh, effortless. Makes it super easy. Tells you when to start, when to stop, when to switch sides. Comes with a mount that suctions to your mirror and unsticks. You can use it as a cover when you travel, which is great. And because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan, which I have, refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule, delivering new brush heads every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. 
Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals, including dentists, hygienists, and dental students. This brush is awesome. Please pick it up. You will love it. Most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year, but Quip did. You pick it up, you'll find out why. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash Dan, that's getquip.com slash Dan. Getquip.com slash Dan. You'll get your first refill pack free. Free with a Quip electric toothbrush. Go to getquipquip.com slash Dan. Don't miss out. Great toothbrush. Everybody in my family uses it. And you will feel great afterwards. You'll be like, ah. Okay. Another great piece in the show notes, which is terrific. From Paul Sperry, Real Clear Investigations. This is a long one. So um, I just want to prepare you. If you're going to dig into this, get ready. The piece is about, I don't know, looks like about 2,000 words. Um, I got through it this morning. And more incredible revelations from Sperry, who appears to have a source intimately familiar with the Wiener laptop and the Hillary investigation. The Hillary investigation was an abomination of justice. It was a disgrace to humankind. Don't even associate the Hillary investigation with the word justice because it wasn't. But here are some of the key takeaways, Joe. Anthony Wiener, who had was a former congressman, mm-hmm. was a Clintonista himself. Right. Anthony Weiner was married to Huma Abedin, who, trust me, from my time in the Secret Service, is Hillary Clinton's right-hand woman. They are thick as thieves, these two. They go everywhere together. Mm-hmm. No one is closer to Hillary Clinton than Huma Abedin. No one. Abedin's married to Weiner. Abedin, at some point, forwards information, whether through an automatic download, whatever it may be, forwards emails she gets from Hillary on the private server. Because remember, Hillary never had a .gov. It was a Clinton.com email address. That was the whole scandal. Hillary's private email. You all know that. At some point, Abedin forwards this information to a computer that Anthony Weiner has access to. Anthony Weiner is then accused of sexting with an underaged girl. New York uh, law enforcement officials, NYPD and FBI, New York field office, important distinction, not headquarters, seize the laptop and find a bunch of Clinton emails. Many of you are familiar with the story. Like, okay, Dan, what's the what's the breaking news? Well, Sperry apparently has a good source with some interesting new developments on the case, which are going to create some heavy friction for Jim Comey. Now, Jim Comey, they waited a while to start reviewing this. Uh, this uh, the uh, Remember, they reopened the Clinton case and then closed it right before the election. Yeah. One of the IG, Dan, uh, um, uh, Dan uh, what's his name? Uh, Har- Michael Horowitz, excuse me. One of the IG, the inspector general, like the internal affairs guy who's been reviewing this Clinton case. One of his open questions here is what was with the delay in reviewing the emails? They got them and it was just this one month delay where everybody was like, why are they waiting? Well, Comey has said in the past, and I'm quoting, that they reviewed all, all, A-L-L, the communications in the email due to some, quote, technical wizardry they had. Now, that's amazing, Joe, considering that the FBI agents that reviewed the emails, according to this new piece, reviewed them in a 12-hour shift. Now, Joe, hmm, there were... This is so dumb that, again, we're all dumb. This is the Billy Madison thing. We're all dumber from having, for every card. <laughs> we're all dumber. I'm going to pull that cut. Billy Madison. We're all <laughs> the, you, I award you no points. <laughs> the, 
there were 694,000 emails. Now, I just read my book for Audible, the Spygate book. It's 77,000 words, which is a you know decent-sized book. Joe, how long do you think that might have taken me to do? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you multiple choice. Reading 77,000 words. You think it took an hour, 12 hours, or close to 60 hours? Probably 12. 60. 60? But I'm glad you said that. Uh-huh. Now, if we had 694,000 emails oh. that were one word each, oh. that would probably take you close to what? A month to get <laughs> through on a reasonable workshop? If They had three agents working on it. Yeah. What I'm trying to tell you is there is no possible way they reviewed 694,000 emails. It's not possible. But, 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 the FBI's technical wizardry that Comey said, Joe, yeah, I know. We got to be careful. We're on video. (laughs) (laughs) You said, if the audience only knew, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. What Comey said they did is they found a way to determine what emails were duplicates uh, that they'd already reviewed in the past. Remember, because the Wiener case was a reopening of the email case, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was not the case. It was real. So right. Comey had suggested that due to some technical wizardry, they had found a way to wipe out the duplicates. And therefore, they only had to review 3,000 emails, which I guess in a 12-hour shift... With three people, um, if they're short, maybe possible. I don't know. The problem is, as Sperry points out in his piece, the technology didn't work. Oh, so there was no technical wizardry. In other words, you reviewed 3,077 of 694,000 emails, and you're not even sure that those 694,000 emails were reviewed in the past? You just said they were? Uh, Folks, this is kind of a big deal. Because we're talking about information classified at the highest levels of the United States government, the State Department, and, and, and we are also talking about known email exchanges Hillary Clinton had with who? President Barack Obama. We now know she emailed Obama on her private email, making him a, a key component to the entire email scandal and potentially a witness Andy McCarthy at National Review and a Fox News contributor now has mentioned this multiple times that the real incentive for the Obama administration to make the Hillary email case and the Justice Department, by the way, the real incentive for them to make this case go away was not just to save Hillary, but was to save Obama. Because Obama's on some of those emails. My point is this, if you had 694,000, of which you only reviewed 3,000, you're claiming the other 690 plus thousand of them that, oh yeah, we don't have to review them because they're duplicates, while you're simultaneously claiming technical wizardry that doesn't exist, that the deduplication technology you claim to have did not work. What am I telling you, Joe? That there are emails out there in the ecosystem of email. Yep. That may be devastating to Hillary and Obama. Now, couple of takeaways. Here's a quote from the piece from Paul Sperry's source. This piece is making its rounds heavy, heavy, heavy on Twitter today. Sperry's source, 
Most of the emails were never examined, even though they made up potentially 10 times the evidence they had. Folks, what the heck else is out there? Now, regular listeners, a lot of the con- the, the, the conspiracy components to this, the actual conspiracy to suppress the evidence in the Hillary case, are not new. But this source's information is very new. Key takeaways in the Sperry piece, because it's very long. I suggest you read it, but I'll sum it up for you. Number one, there is absolutely no way they reviewed all the emails. The duplication technology failed. Second, the body of evidence out there that hasn't been reviewed yet is potentially 10 times the emails we've seen. Number three, are any of those emails to Obama and what the heck do they say? Number four, why was no damage assessment done? What does that mean? Joe, if we were to catch you as a foreign Russian spy, Uh one of the first things the intelligence community does is a damage assessment of what you may have given up. Yes. Why was no damage assessment done by the intelligence community on the Clinton emails and what information foreign actors or others may have? I think we all know the answer to that. The answer is you don't ask questions you don't want answers to. Simple as that. Another takeaway. Sperry's source believes that Quantico may potentially still have either copies of or the original Wiener laptop. May read the end. It's at the end of the piece. Now, if that's the case and the Justice Department right now isn't looking into this, we have an even bigger scandal than we thought. And everybody in the management level of the Justice Department associated with that decision should step aside. Everybody should be asking their congressman and congresswoman today. What are we doing about that Wiener laptop and those emails? Is there a copy? If there is a copy, are we looking at it? If there's not, why did they give the computer back? And you should be asking your congressman, too. I want to see that deduplication technology. Because if it doesn't exist, Jim Comey lied. Lied, period. Final takeaway is the Obama emails again. Are there Obama emails on there? How knee deep? How knee deep was Barack Obama in this? All right, one last story, and we'll run for the day. Um, Made a lot going on. I'm sorry I didn't get to some of the other. There's so much going on. It's just like an endless tide of news. Sometimes it's tough staying ahead of it, but I want to give you the most important stuff and takeaways of the day. Um, CBS just embarrassed itself again. You know, I applaud Donald Trump for watching Tucker Carlson last night to talk about a really disturbing international story uh, that isn't getting a lot of mainstream media uh, publicity. Why? I have no idea. Again, I can't get in their heads other than the fact that I know most of them are liberal. But South Africa has taken upon itself, Joe, um, to confiscate or begin the process of confiscating land from landowners, basically based strictly on their skin color. It's not a joke. This is happening. The process has been started uh, public uh, publicly. Uh, Ramaphosa has already discussed this. So Donald Trump mentioned it on his Twitter feed after watching Tucker Carlson's piece on it last night. Amazingly, CBS has gone through efforts to debunk this story. Ladies and gentlemen, this is happening. This is actually happening in the world today where hardcore real world racist policies are being instituted at a government level in South Africa and the process it's on its way. Why CBS and them are doing efforts to run interference for South African policies, racist policies. I can't tell you, but the fact is it just strict Trump derangement syndrome and anti-Trump behavior. I have no idea, but this is actually happening. 
CBS is actually targeting it. So you know what? One more thing, too. Um, I have a story up at the end of the show notes. Check it out because it talks about the expansion of the welfare state. That story was just about CBS and the media buys. But 52.1% of kids under the age of 18, Joe, are now living in homes that are getting some form of means-tested government welfare program. Ladies and gentlemen, this is incredible. This is unacceptable. We are now, we are not even willing to have the fight anymore. Is this really where we want to be and can we afford this? The government is not help. I'm sorry. And we should take that fight right to the liberals. We are incentivizing really uh, behaviors that are not going to lead to the long-term prosperity of anyone. This is not a safety net anymore. 52%. Read the story. It's from CNS News up at the show notes. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I uh, recovered nicely yesterday. Great day of listenership. I really appreciate it. Please, I implore you to uh, subscribe to the show. It is free. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. You can enable the skill on Amazon Alexa. Uh, you can uh, enable it on Google Google Play. They have a podcast app on Google Play. Uh, it really matters to us. The subscriptions drive us up the charts. So we really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, folks. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.